G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, we have a new $10 note in circulation. By now you've probably seen one of these new notes. So a focus today on the person featured most prominently on the new banknote, Andrew Barton Banjo Patterson perhaps most famous for Waltzing Matilda, the man from Snowy River and Clancy of the Overflow. Well, Graham MacDonald is back with us today from Did You Know? That's the website that reflects great stories of Australia's Christian heritage. Graham's back with us to talk about Banjo Patterson. Hello, Graham. Welcome to 2020. Oh, hi, Neil. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, Graham, I guess we should say it's not so easy to know what Banjo Patterson's religious attitudes were. What have you discovered in your research about him? Uh, Banjo Patterson was the uh, the eldest of seven children, and um, his uh, family lived on a uh, on a farm in the uh, central New South Wales, and uh, that was his upbringing. But his mother was very very keen to teach her children about um, how to be loving, caring, and what have you. So some of the, the, the really keen things for, for her, his mother, Rose, was that she had the, the Bible, Bible readings, nightly prayers were the family's strongest companions. And Because she, she recognized that, you know, as children grow up, they're obviously going to have to go into the world to deal with the world. But this grounding um, obviously stuck with um, with uh, Banjo Patterson um, right through his life. There's been some incredibly um, wonderful things that he, he did. He was also friends with some strong Christian folk along the way. And uh, this, this led to him, I believe, th- this learning, this grounding in, in languages and literature and writing and music and the exercise of proper conduct and all of those things that come out of the um, scriptures, I think just really highlights the value of parenting for uh, adults to understand or parents to understand the value of teaching their children the scriptural truths. Yes, having a godly mother or godly father, in this case you're referring to Rose, and this sort of godly parenting does instill certain values into a life. And Banjo Patterson became known for being someone of good manners and good courtesy, and that's obviously come from his mother. Mm. And he and he was really well liked. Right, right. He goes um, like through his um, teenage years. He he's, uh, up, goes to Sydney Grammar School. Um, he he enjoys and likes enjoys writing. So he there's a a, a school uh, house school paper called the Sydneyan, and uh, the banjo wanted to write. And he wrote a number of articles. And um, but he he didn't want everybody to know who he was. So he would just sign them with a B. And that was the beginning of the banjo thing. But, um, but he, he recognized that as more and more of his articles were being published, that this was something um, like it was a God-given ability to be able to write articles about controversial issues and that. And so writing became very, very dear to him. 
And I was interested to know that he had some early aspirations to be a lawyer and sometimes those early aspirations and even early training help you to articulate things and not be afraid to talk about the big issues. Yeah, well, I think this was, uh, it's really interesting that he actually he ended up um, graduated from preparatory school, but he actually failed on his university entrance exams. But he actually then got a job with a lawyer, and he spent um, about ten years in, in the uh, working in this lawyer firm, where obviously he learned um, how to articulate a whole lot of other things, but also how to deal and look at controversial issues from, I, I would suggest, a, a biblical uh, perspective. And from that articled clerk role with a law firm on to journalism and a job at the Bulletin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he ultimately became one of their, their um, major writers. He, he And, and the, the Bulletin uh, was started by a couple of young guys also who wanted to have a, a, a format whereby they could get people to write on a whole range of articles, whether it's theatre or controversy or, or whatever it might be. And um, Banjo Patterson became one of their, their um, most consistent writers. And that at that point, he then decided instead of just be, he ended up caught, signed his um, articles, The Banjo. And so that was the beginning of um, Banjo Patterson, although the name Patterson was not well known at that stage. Okay, the banjo, that's where the nickname came from. And Mm. of course then he tried his hand writing articles about all sorts of different elements of journalism. Yeah, but but coming back to the banjo, the banjo actually was the name of a horse owned by the family, was actually a a racehorse. And uh, so that's that's where the word banjo came from, from the racehorse that the family owned. But yeah, you're right. He was able to write articles and he covered a whole range of areas that um, through his training, through school, and I dare to believe through the foundational teachings of his mother, he was able to, um, you know, articulate some really, really important issues. And obviously people wanted to read them. And, of course, we're talking time-wise here in the lead-up to uh, Australia's Federation. And so we're talking uh, late 19th century here. And uh, in the lead-up to Federation time, there was was quite heated debate that was going on. So for journalists, uh, a great time to be writing. Yep, and and, uh, I I believe he was quite active in that area. But he also um, had a, a desire. Interesting, he actually was approached by uh, Sir James Fairfax, who was then Sir James Fairfax, the son of the owner of uh, Fairfax, the Sydney Morning Herald. And uh, he was sent as a war correspondent to cover the Boer War. And uh, then when he came back to Australia, he then went on a speaking tour throughout Australia and New Zealand. And then um, he got he got married in um, 1903. He was about 39 years of age when he got married, and um, he had two children. And then um, then the uh, the First World War was declared, and um, at the age of 50, he um, decided he wanted to go and be a, a war correspondent. It um, didn't quite work out that way for him. And when you mentioned that he was married in the Presbyterian Church in Tenterfields, I should say a special hello to uh, Jim Seymour, my friend, who's the pastor <laughs> there now. And that church is still going strong. Uh, yeah, so a special hello to uh, listeners in Tenterfield and uh, especially to Jim and uh, as the pastor of the Presbyterian Church there. So off to war at the age of 50, Graham. 
Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. He went. He wanted to be a journalist, but um, he he wasn't able to. He ended up driving a uh, as a volunteer uh, ambulance driver in France, and then he heard that um, in Australia that they were uh, forming up the uh, the Life Horse Brigade, um, and he came back and got commissioned because he his um, skills in breaking in horses and what have you, and so he was actually appointed to head up a team of young men that came from different parts of Australia but were circus performers, farriers, buck jumpers, um, to actually break in the horses that would be used in the light horse brigade charge. And uh, so during that time, farmers were encouraged as as, uh, their um, involvement in the war effort was to give a horse or or a mule and so these were shipped off, and uh, again, um, Banjo Patterson was a part of the team heading up that. And uh, they they took them into uh, into Egypt, and it uh, was his role with these other other um, men to break these horses in, to train them, to feed them, to show shoes on, and all those types of things. So he he was used in a really incredible way to get the support team of the horses already for the charge of the light brigade which will happen in october next month will be nearly 100 years time and of course uh, all this experience and the stories to tell about horses uh, when we think of the things that he is most famous for writing and thinking of the man from snowy river or clancy of the overflow uh, these are great australian stories and uh, horses are right at the center graham yeah, yeah, and it's really interesting the, because the um, the horses that were, were sent to um, to Egypt were mainly whalers, W A L E R S, and um, the, these horses were there was obviously thousands of them, and um, when when the um, soldiers ultimately were given a horse, they had to obviously learn to work together and, and what have you. But it was interesting, out of all of these horses, all the whalers that were there and all the men that rode them, the sad part was that after the war, every one of the whalers had to be left in Egypt. There was only one whaler that was actually that came back to Australia. And it's interesting, during that time, one of my colleagues has noticed that during that time in Egypt, there's no no real writing that Banjo Patterson has done to do anything with the horses, and yet they were the things that he was most involved with. Well, when we reflect on his writings, and we mentioned uh, the man from Snowy River, and I suppose we could mention in there uh, Waltzing Matilda and Clancy of the Overflow, Uh, Some of the things that are exhibited in his writings, and of course he wrote a whole lot more than those most famous items, but of course newspaper articles, journals, plays, songs, and when we consider the sorts of things that he wrote about, how do we appreciate any biblical understanding coming through in those sorts of writings? Any thoughts on that, Graham? Yeah, I, I think what, what, I, what is interesting is that in, in quite a number of his um, writings, um, he um, mentions uh, b- biblical truths or scriptural truths. And he actually wrote a, 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 a book um, that was called the, the Animals Noah Forgot, which is a children's book. And um, I've actually read through it. It's quite quite funny, actually. But it, it gives you, 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 you know from what he's writing that he understands that this, 
story actually happened. It was a real story. It happened in history, and um, it, it's a little bit. Of, it, it's a bit of a fun thing. It's a fun thing, but it actually makes the point that you know the the animals that Noah forgot. Well, maybe 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 Noah didn't really forget them, but they're here in Australia now. But it, it certainly talks it, through his different writings. There are certainly mentions of. Um, scriptural truths and biblical truths. Well, always love your insights and just bringing those stories of Australia's Christian heritage to the fore and so many people who are featured in those stories. People can read about them when they go online to the Did You Know website. Of course, the website is info. And people will be able to access a wonderful resource there of some great, easy-to-read stories that reflect those Christian personalities who have helped shape our nation as it is today. And always enjoy our conversations. Graham MacDonald from Did You Know? Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Appreciate the opportunity. Love what you do. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.